You are listening to This is Oklahoma, hosted by Mike Hearn, telling stories of Oklahomans and those that have made it their home. Before we get into today's episode, I want to tell you a little bit about our current sponsors, uh, the Oklahoma Hall of Fame. As you well know, if you've been following This is Oklahoma, they've been a huge part of this podcast. So this podcast is presented by the Oklahoma Hall of Fame, telling an Oklahoma story through its people since 1927. For more information on the Hall of Fame, go to www.oklahomahof.com and follow them on Instagram for daily updates at Oklahoma HOF. Also sponsoring the podcast, RCB Bank. The home market is booming and RCB Bank is here for you. If you're in the market to buy a home, a mortgage pre-qualification will make the process much easier. Talk to one of our mortgage professionals today. RCB Bank, that's my bank. With approved credit, terms and restrictions apply, member FDIC, equal housing lender, RCB Bank, NMLS 798151. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of This is Oklahoma. Mike Hoon here, your host, back with another episode down at the Bedford studio today with a friend. Uh, it's nice to interview friends. Uh, long time no see. Um, Andrea Fillmore's on the podcast. Yeah, it's been a while. It has been a long time. Yeah. I consider you a friend because we've met before and then tried before and, and been at the same conferences and stuff. I say conferences, probably events. Um, and I love what you do. And I remember before you started your company, right? You were working and then we're like, I'm yeah. going to go on my own. And that whole process, which we'll get into today, uh, but it's working because you're still doing it. Yeah. Which so is far, awesome. so good. So far, so good. Um, <laughs> before that, though, tell us a little bit about you. Where, like, What's your kind of Oklahoma story? Were you born here? No, I was born in Santa Fe, New Mexico. Mm-hmm. Spent a couple years uh, in and around New Mexico, Santa Fe, Albuquerque area. Yeah. Um, and spent most of my life, though, in Broken Arrow. Okay. So grew up there. I moved to Georgia and uh, was there for about 11 years. Mm-hmm. And moved back to Oklahoma in 2014. And I've been in Oklahoma City since, I think, late 2017. Okay. Yeah. A yeah. lot, yeah. Well, that's cool, though. It's good to bounce around and have those kind of different experiences, right, and growing up in different places. I'm sure yeah. you have a ton of friends from all over the place. All over. Yeah. Um, the business thing, creative writing stuff, and we are not creative writing, but writing, communication. Mm-hmm. Where does that passion start from a young age? Because I am terrible at writing. and That's why my, I'm here. My, yes. <laughs> my aunt is a former English teacher, and she got me through, like, my English exams back home. And I just, I always struggled. I was slow. I was very slow to read back home. I struggled to write. I just wasn't naturally gifted at it. And then because of that, I didn't care, right? Like typical, like, young Like, I'm terrible yeah, at this. Yeah. I'm not going to put any effort into it. Um, and I had, like, tutors when I was younger. And then my aunt helped me out a lot as well, get me through kind of, like, my exams. But for you, like, where does that start from, like, a young age to want to communicate through the written word and stuff like that? Well, I think I have to give a lot of credit to my mom. We were in the library every summer, yeah. so our whole, my whole family, we loved to read. We were constant, avid readers, and um, so I think it started with that. Mm-hmm. And then, I, I don't know if this is true for everyone, but it feels like in school you take one of two paths. You're good at science and math, or you're good at reading and writing. Right. And for me, math was the thing that I just despised mm-hmm. more than anything. Science was okay, but because it involved math, it yeah, was never yeah. strong. So The other route is to be, a, be an athlete, and I went the sport route because yeah, yeah, I yeah. had good teachers <laughs> yeah. who got me through the others. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, so I think it started, you know, it was just my natural gifting and what I enjoyed. Mm-hmm. And um, 
later on. I never really worked with words. I did a lot of retail, food service, a lot of those jobs. Then I got into the nonprofit world when I moved to Oklahoma City, got a job, and learned a lot about fundraising and fundraising communication. And that is a whole nother world. And it's basically everything you're taught in college to do uh, with writing is wrong when yeah. it comes to business asking communication. Asking for money. <laughs> yeah, and asking for money and, you know, uh, they teach you in school all of, it's like jazz, right? You learn all the rules so you can break mm-hmm. all the rules. Yeah. So learning uh, the right way to do things in college, I always loved writing papers. I would just knock them out, you know, never was challenging yeah. to me. Um, but got into fundraising communication and I learned a lot about um just how to make topics interesting. Mm-hmm. And what I, what I do now is, I like to say I craft compassionate communication, which is made for the reader. It's not, I think a lot of businesses and nonprofits say, you know, we've been around since 1975 and we do this and yeah, our staff and, yeah. and, and it's all about me and we and us yeah. and our, but if someone's coming to you, it's because they need help. Mm-hmm. And so I learned a lot of skills in the nonprofit world in the marketing just about how to make communication that people want to connect with. Uh-huh. And through that, that's how you raise money. That's how you um, sell your products and services. So I learned in the nonprofit, I was learning all these things and I thought, this applies for business too. Why aren't businesses doing this? So what I do is less marketing. I think marketing is such a huge blanket term, uh-huh. but I, I focus specifically on uh, just the words conveying what makes you great through the written word and every type of marketing starts with words, right? Mm -hmm. You can have a picture, but that doesn't go as far as, you know, telling a story, communicating the problem that you solve through business. Yeah. Yeah. And and especially if you're scrolling social media or if you're out there and you see an ad or whatever, the picture usually gets your attention, doesn't it? And then it's the writing that keeps you there. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, you've got to keep going, right? Like you've got to keep writing, keep telling the story. I mean, you don't have very long to capture that person right. scrolling. And it's, you know, I remember when I was following someone and, and someone was complaining because this person wrote like novels in their Instagram posts mm-hmm. and everybody like read it because it was entertaining. And, mm-hmm. and most people, like if you see it, you know, people now when they post on Facebook, they're like, okay, long post, like they preface it, right? They're like, they're like, here, it's coming. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like, well, I know I, not <laughs> most people are, most people don't care, do they? Yeah. But it's kind of funny they preface it, but you're right. Like it, it's, it's a cool business to have, I'm sure, because it's a, something that you've kind of grown a passion for. You know, I'm sure when you're growing up, you thought, okay, I'm good at English, but, you know, reading and writing, but... I don't know if I'm going to do it. Like, like you probably didn't think you could have a business like this. I didn't think I was going to be an entrepreneur until maybe the day I filed my <laughs> LLC. Like, it didn't yeah. feel like something that fit my personality, but it really does. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I love it. I love yeah. what I do. It's so fun. Great business name, too. Thank you. Big Strategic fan. hype. Big fan. And just the color scheme that goes with, like, everything and bright colors. And it's... Thank you. I saw that. I was like... I wish I had a business that was named that because it's just it, it, it's not what you, when you when you listen to strategic hype you don't think create like write copyright and, and writing mm-hmm. and you think something different right but then you look, click on the website and like okay now this makes sense it so encapsulates yeah like what I do and That's so I, good. I have to say my friend Naomi came up with the name it wasn't mm-hmm. me I'm the logo she did all my, too. yeah she did the branding the website and everything yeah. so 
tell me about kind of that moment that you didn't realize you were going to be an entrepreneur until you did your LLC and how like oh man specifically kind of like the community around here with the treasury and everybody else like that plays a huge role too oh yeah it was a huge foundational piece for me is I was a member of the treasury for a while and that's I don't know if the listeners know that's a co-working space Uh on film row for women and so I had kind of toyed with the idea and then one of my friends and one of the members there Mary Seams was like just do it just get your credit card just start your business she's like you know communication is your superpower yeah um, and I was like, oh, when she said it in that way, it just, a lot of things fell into place for me. I was like, oh. So she walked me through and like sat down with me and we filed the LLC and, you know, and I was like, oh no, <laughs> like I've got money in this now. Like I've yeah. got to, I've got to like toe the line. So it was like a, a process really over six months, I think. And I started my business in 2020, mm-hmm. which kind of was nice because I was working full time from home. And then what else are you going to do when right. you can't leave your house? Yeah. So um, for about six months, I didn't really know what I was doing, but I was in a mastermind through the treasury. And, you know, one of the ladies asked, well, why, why can't I hire you? Why are you doing such a, such a niche thing? And I was like, just kidding, Stacey, you can't, please hire me. <laughs> <laughs> and so, like, it was a lot of feedback, and I'm really, really grateful for the treasury and, you know, friends like, you know, Lauren Warkentine and um, Bailey Gordon and Mary Seems. Like, that community really rallied around me, and they would listen to me you know, complain about my job. And then at the same time, you know, you can do it. You'll yeah. know when it's time. And and I think the overlap process is so hard because you want to take the leap, but you're not sure. And right. you're tired all the time because you work nine to five and then five to nine. And you're, it, it took me a while to, to kind of figure out, you know, what is this business? Mm-hmm. Like besides communication, like, um, and it, it's an ongoing process. And and, you know, any entrepreneur will tell you yeah, yeah. the business you start is not the business you True. have 12 Same. months later. I didn't think I'd have a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it was definitely a product of that community and friends and people just being like, just do it, man. Just do it. Mm-hmm. And um, people to bounce ideas off of. And and so many of my friends are entrepreneurs. And they're like a different breed. Like if yeah. you if you it find one, you'll find you, ten it? of them. Like yeah. it rewires your thinking yeah, yeah. and forces you to think a different way. When you've grown up working nine to five and, yeah. and you've had that security of a job, and you know you're probably going to get the weekends off, and maybe a few holidays here and there, and you're like, yeah, this is my life. And then, like I said, you you meet the group at the treasury who are all women entrepreneurs and all in so many different diverse businesses. Right. You know, Lauren yeah. does clothing and Shannon's obviously a part of it too with, yeah. with, with uh, leadership and Mary's doing systems for real estate. And like, you got all this stuff going on. Like, But then like you said, you meet one entrepreneur and they all think like, yeah. well, why not? Like a uh, recent guest was Jeremy Kubacek and he said the same oh, thing. Yeah. He's just like, why can't we do this? I think he Jeremy spoke. I came tech. to an event once, right? And he yeah. spoke there. Yeah, Jeremy. Yeah, I've known Jeremy for a couple of years. He he's dangerous, man. If he, if he can get around, it, yeah, <laughs> he'll be like, I quit tomorrow. Yeah. yeah, it's like a drug, really. No, you're right. It is. Yeah. yeah, and it's. I mean, you probably couldn't have asked for a better time for everyone to be working from home, right? Right? Yeah, because you're like, I can get all of my work done that I need to for my real job. Yeah, you know, and then I'm like, you know, some days you aren't just working from yeah. five to nine or five to 10 or in the early hours of the morning, you are like working in the middle of the day on building your own business because yeah. no one's watching you. Yeah. There's which a lot is of, nice. Yeah. There's a lot of lunch breaks where I'm yeah. doing a little, yeah, it's, it was a perfect overlap for me, mm-hmm. like 2020. And it, 
I think I got to the point where I was just stressed because there is a lot of pressure when you're all you do is work and the quarantine and all uh-huh. of that on top of it. But I finally came to the point where I was like, I'll, I trust my gut. I trust myself. So I'll know when it's time to go, when it's time to leave and make that transition. And um, so I, I just got to the point of fall, in the fall of 2020 where I was like, okay, is it today? Nope. Okay, then I'm yeah. just going to go to work, you know? Yeah. And you just know it's a lot. I don't even think it's risk. I think it's just strategy and trusting your gut. I didn't mm-hmm. really feel risky because I had Cause clients yeah. and things like that. But it was there's a lot of trusting your intuition mm-hmm. involved, for sure. Yeah. With the client side, then, how, like, people listening, they're like, how do you make money? Is it, like, a project-based thing? Is it kind of... Like how, how, what is like the packages, I guess, the, the, and the services that you offer that people pay you for? Um, that's a good question. So I can pretty much write anything. So okay. in the nonprofit world, it was Including a lot of- Including college papers? <laughs> I could. I'm not going to say that I will. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so in, in the nonprofit world, I learned a lot about, you know, writing a customer journey and how you take someone from, you know, making an initial donation and how you nurture that relationship mm-hmm. through writing, whether that's email or, you know, physical mail. Yeah. Um, so I do a lot of website copy is one of the hottest selling things I do. Um, I'm really getting a lot of social media copy requests. That's mm-hmm. a growing part of my business. Uh, like for just general everyday posts and this is yeah, kind of, yeah. Businesses, um, entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. I do customer newsletters. What I really want to do, I haven't had the opportunity yet, um, is help businesses create a customer journey and, and uh-huh. teach them the skills that the nonprofit has, the nonprofit community has. Say, okay, you know, this is when a customer pays you for a product or service, this is how you continue to nurture that uh-huh. and over time retain them as a customer because it's everybody knows it's cheaper to keep a customer than get a new one. Right. Um, but I also have this product that I developed. This is what I came up with last year during quarantine, and it is probably half my business right now and it's called a hype kit Mm -hmm. and the way that works is um it's like a little package like if you wanted a hype kit for this is oklahoma i would send you your google drive folder you would Uh answer five questions that take you about an hour and from there i'll i read through what you're saying and then i notice what you're not saying yeah and i help craft mission statements for businesses for personal brands Uh um and then from the mission statement, we'll go into, I'll write what is a hype sheet. And it's basically like a one to two page write up about why people should do business with you, what you do, how you do it. Every business is a little bit different. Um, and then I'll give you a paper that says, this is how you use it. Mm-hmm. So this is what I'd use, you know, for your LinkedIn bio. This is your LinkedIn yeah. about, this is your Instagram. This is what I would use for, you know, you'll usually get several, um, little blurbs that you can use for yeah. social media. You can put them in your emails. You can put them in your newsletters. So it's like a document that keeps working for mm-hmm. you, you know, and, and marketing is definitely a practice and repetition. I think a lot of businesses shy away from yeah. the, the two things I hear the most are I hate writing. I'm not good at it. Or I feel like I say the same thing. And the art of fundraising that I've learned was you have to say the same thing 30 different ways. Yeah, And, definitely. and so as you repeat it, 
about the time that you're getting tired of saying it is people are like, hey, I think that guy has a podcast, you know? Yeah. I think Mike said one yeah. time, and you're like, literally every time I've seen you. Yeah, right. Well, people don't, like, you're right. Like, you have to kind of, like, beat it into people, right? Yeah. Because they just, they don't, they think, oh, yeah, maybe. I mean, even today, like, my, when people people say, how's the podcast doing? And I'm like, yeah, it's doing okay. They're like, but you have so many followers. I'm like, yeah, not all of them listen to the podcast. Yeah. I can guarantee you that. Uh, I'm like, well, how is that? I'm like, well, just, they, you know, people have different things. You know, people don't listen to podcasts. Some people just have other podcasts. There's millions out there. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's so funny that when you, you're, you're right, you've got to, people need to learn that even though you've told someone once, the amount of people that actually saw that post or like outside yeah. of like your parents and your family that follows everything that you do. Right. You know, you're going to probably annoy them by telling, you know, posting the same thing over and over again, but the majority of people aren't going to see all of it. So right. it's, it's good to keep doing, you know, keep reposting or like I said, saying the same thing 30 different ways. For like, sure. Oh, now I get it. Oh, okay. Yeah. You have a service that I would like, or you have a charity that I'd like to donate to. Mm-hmm. Or, I mean, but it, it goes to any kind of business, and it? it's not just the nonprofit world. But right. the lessons that you have learned for the nonprofit world are huge. Because you know, I, I, a buddy of mine works for the Children's Hospital Foundation, and I was asking him some tips on like how to ask for things because I'm not used to it, right? You know, you're asking for donations and yeah. I'm helping, you know, for events and stuff like that. And I've asked, you know, the same people, you know, like probably twice a year for the last, well, yeah, probably four times over the last two years. And I just, I'm uncomfortable to ask again, knowing, even though I know that they're probably going to give me four gift cards to their restaurant, it's yeah. just that part of me that's like. That's another podcast, Mike, fundraising. Is. Yes, how fundraising to fundraise, is how tough. To ask, ask for support. But it's good that you've <laughs> taken that lesson and taken it to your part of the business, not only to grow your own business, mm-hmm. but to help clients grow theirs as well, which is kind of really neat and kind of you know, the, the great thing about listening to people's stories is picking out what they view, what they've picked out of their journey on the way, yeah. and now how they're using those things. Yeah. And that's clearly something that they use every day. Yeah. Which is awesome. Thanks. I I love it. Yeah. And the freedom is... Oh, my god. At gosh. first, you were probably like, oh, I'm, what do I do every day? But yeah. now it's like... I'm, I, you know. It took me till about June yeah. before I was like, I don't have to get up at 5.30. <laughs> like, now I sleep till 6.30 <laughs> every yeah. morning. It's, yeah, it's been a learning journey just trusting yourself trusting the process adjusting your rhythms and your routines Uh which is huge for me but like learning that you know you you have a lot more freedom Uh and I think that's the second most addictive drug after entrepreneurship (laughs) is the freedom yes I mean you know a lot of people work 24 7 365 on their business and I've not had to have that experience Uh so I feel very lucky that you know, I still have manageable hours, and things are just going well. Yeah, and you build around the time. You think, okay, I want to go away for two weeks. I'm gonna front load everything for the few weeks before yeah. it, and to get my work done. And that's why I have to do minimal. You're not like sat on the beach, like sweating, thinking yeah, I have yeah. to get this post out now or this yeah. workout. Which, uh, I mean, some some people might do that, but you know, that's again product of of being your own boss. Uh, tell me about, like, I'm looking at the website, LinkedIn coaching sessions. People don't really value LinkedIn that much, is it? It's such an underrated platform. It is so underrated. Right? Yeah. Still to this day, like, people tell you, know, it's, you should be on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is magic. Mm-hmm. And if you're not on LinkedIn and you're in business or own a business, you're missing out. Um, I've made money just from showing up. Not, yeah. You know, people find you. And so LinkedIn coaching se- sessions are something I developed 
when I first got hired into the nonprofit world, uh-huh. I got on LinkedIn and I just taught myself everything I know now, but it's been so valuable to me to make connections and there's a lot of secrets and tips and tricks I've learned from other people and just from my own experience um, to make connections, broaden your community and mm-hmm. and especially if you're an entrepreneur to widen your exposure. Right. Or if you're you know newer in your career, really um, establishing who you are, what you do, mm-hmm. what you're passionate about. And it's so, so important. And I think a lot of people just, it, it can feel overwhelming because it's not as intuitive as Facebook and, mm-hmm. and Instagram, but it can be so great for your business, for your career. Yeah. Yeah. And the reach is much better, like to all yeah. the algorithms and all the rest of it. Like it's much easier to get seen on LinkedIn as it is mm-hmm. when you post an Instagram or a Facebook post, right? Especially yeah. for your business. Yeah, hot tip, LinkedIn is prioritizing longer posts. So okay. some of those long form posts, no, those are good. Yeah, I need to do that. I need to start, like, get back to writing blogs and stuff again because they did pretty well when I did them. But yeah, I just kind of I say the same thing. I'm yeah, writing everybody right. else's stuff, you know? Right. <laughs> but I need to do mine. I, I need to I do your own. Overlook my own stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So you mentioned the hype kit. Um, you mentioned LinkedIn coaching. What about like kind of the strategy part of things? Because that's something that like is tailor made to every single. I mean, everything you do is tailor made to the business, but with specific strategy, like that's that's something that. That's a real service, isn't it? That's yeah. something like people, I mean, not to say that what you don't do is, is a service, your other stuff, but when someone comes to you and they're like, the words are great, but how do I implement all of this? Yeah, I right? think, yeah, there's strategy. If you're familiar with the Strengths Finder, strategic is my top strength on mm-hmm. that. And it's built into how I'm wired. So when I'm writing copy, the strategy is built in. It's built into, okay, I did some web copy for somebody today, actually, right. and I was like, you don't have any calls to action on your website. How are people going to contact you? Right. Like, this is why I added There should be at least things. three. Yeah. Yeah. So um, the strategy is innate to me, and I think that's so great that the uh, – that's why I love the name so much, Strategic Hype. Like, we're going to mm-hmm. hype you up in a strategic way to get you noticed and be remembered. So the strategy really comes in through the work mm-hmm. and just how I'm able to read – um, like in the hype kit, what you're saying and then what you're not saying. Yeah. And pull apart the stuff that is superfluous. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Get rid of that and focus on the main thing. Um, I think business owners especially struggle with, you know, you can't see the forest for the trees. When you're running a business, it's hard to focus on the details. Mm-hmm. And so that's where I see most of that strategy coming in and helping companies. Um, but then also, like, just planning things that I've helped business do businesses do is just planning like not even writing for them but saying okay you want to do a 12 month newsletter mm-hmm. we're gonna break it into quarters every quarter you're going to talk about these three things and it's already on your blog yeah so like just being able to zoom out i think and see the whole picture mm-hmm. and then kind of come in close and say these are the details and how we're going to do it yeah that's something that's very natural to me and so um I don't have any clients right now that just hire me to strategize their communications, but it's built into what I do, mm-hmm. and it is part of just the overall package yeah. deal, I guess. It's really, you're right, it's it's cool to like, you know, when, when someone, especially if an entrepreneur, they, they do everything in their business, right? They're their accountant, marketing, yeah. everything. And then you say, well, you have to post all this stuff, and they're not used to being tech savvy or, or writing savvy. and. But when you come to them with a legit plan for a year, and it says breaks, it's like the whole goal, isn't it? The elephant, the what is it? You 
to eat an elephant, you take it one bite at a time. Yeah. Breaking it down to daily actions or weekly actions and, and just saying, this is all well, you have to do this week. And yeah. then we'll do the next week. And then it, like, it's such a, it takes so much stress and weight off their shoulders, doesn't it? Because yeah. they're thinking about all this other stuff that they've got to run their business and get clients. The last thing they're thinking about, usually marketing is their last priority, isn't it? Right. Or Sadly. they're just doing the minimum. Just yeah. to, I'm on... You know, I'm on Instagram, I'm on LinkedIn, but I hate doing it. Please don't right. make me do it. You know? Yeah, like, like I have a handle, I have a page, and that's it. Yeah, yeah. Which is drawing no engagement. Uh, tell me about, I guess, speaking engagements and stuff like that. That's that's now hopefully now people are going back and, and doing speaking engagements, not just over Zoom, because I did some of those over Zoom and it's painful. It's I am so done with Zoom. Oh. <laughs> like, when like, you crack oh. a joke or you like want a response from the crowd and no one's on mute, it's like. I'm in my office laughing to myself. Yeah, it's, oh man, <laughs> Zoom has become, yeah. we've passed the, the pain threshold, no. I think. Yeah. Definitely uh, served a purpose. Yeah, it met a need, but yeah. dear God, I'm done. So you, so But you do go out and speak and, and can go and talk yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah, actually, my, my background is in church leadership. That's my degree, which yeah. is so not, <laughs> not involved in where'd what you, I'm doing. Where did you study that? Uh, Southwestern Assemblies of God University. Okay. I went online. Um, but my mom went there, actually. Okay. So it was kind of fun. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I've been speaking my whole life in church and in the community. Um, and I love it. I yeah. love to present. For a long time, I thought I would be a teacher or a professor. There's still part of me that thinks maybe you I'll do some teach. adjunct. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm having too much fun right now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't want to be responsible for other people. Right, you don't want to commit to a semester of being there every Tuesday. Yeah, no, we're, I'm good now. Um, yeah, so I love public speaking, yeah. which is crazy because most people don't believe this, but I am an introvert technically. Yeah. Um, but I know how to masquerade. It's the life of a party. Well, when you're and talking about something that you enjoy doing, right? Yeah, it's totally yeah. different when someone says, I want you to talk about this topic. And you're oh, like, gosh. Oh, I have to research everything and remember everything. Yeah. But if someone says, go riff about what you do, yeah. hand me the microphone. Good luck shutting yeah. me up. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 I need 30 minutes. No. You'll be pulling yeah. me off the stage. Oh, man. Yeah. Um, I'm preparing right now a couple of presentations for the nonprofit community just mm-hmm. about crafting compassionate communication, how to do that. Um, one thing I've been trying to get off the ground is um, visiting with local chambers of commerce to talk to business owners and say, you know, this is what you need. This is how you do yeah. it. And then if you don't want to do it and you don't want that one other thing, like mm-hmm. I'm totally happy to help you. But just, um, yeah, so a lot of my public speaking is around communications, nonprofits, and then I have done in the past quite a bit in churches and stuff like that. Mm-hmm plenty of those around for you to yeah. go and get business <laughs> off in there like yeah yeah you know it's uh that's the one when i first came out here and someone asked me um you know uh, we me and my dad right here we were just driving around before he left to go home and he's like there's really churches everywhere so like, many. yeah and then after he left someone asked me the same thing and, and i kind of i was like there's as many churches here as there are pubs back home well, and that's kind of like how I like sold it. Not sold it, but that's yeah. how I explained it to my friends back home. It's like, you know, like when you go to a city or a village or a town or whatever, you know that there's like at least 10 pubs in yeah. like a square mile or whatever it is. Like that's, that's what I churches think are like. Yeah. maybe more dispensaries than churches, which is saying something. Which is saying something. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, the politics behind that, they missed the boat on that one, didn't they? Somehow, if we, if we drive up and down May Avenue, it's, I mean, it is. Yeah. 
central weed smoking avenue yeah. it? it's so it's, <laughs> it's yeah wild. it is wild um, yeah. we'll see how that i guess grew, you know grows and blooms or whatever it does uh yeah it's it's mad and i've spoken to friends in other states and they don't have it yet and i'm like oh you are you just wait, wait. Just prepare wait. yourself like, every empty you, strip yeah. mall is if you own off. buildings that like no you can't find a tenant for you will have a tenant you'll have soon. one yeah yeah you can sure. charge them whatever you want to charge them <laughs> um to that point though i i was up at, i did a podcast in blackwell oklahoma a couple of months ago um middle of nowhere uh sad that the town is kind of like walmart came in and the entire high streets like Ugh, not you know it's yeah. just small towns dying out kind of blackwell is the example but the guy i was in a podcast with was telling me about everybody like buying up uh land in the in the area that's not from there some of them not even from this country and just like starting illegal weed farms wow uh, and the dea and like, drug enforcement agency and like all the law like it's a it's an issue. Wow. And we don't hear about it when you live in the city, but yeah. in the country, it is like a real, That's real wild. problem. Um, and he said that him and his wife were driving back on a Saturday night and saw like the lights on and a huge white tent. I thought, oh, somebody's having a wedding. This is so cool. We should go drive by. <laughs> and they drove by and were like, there's Uh-oh. like 12 Just foot kidding. high fence and like dogs roaming around. And no, it's a weed farm. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Uh, anyway, away from the weed stuff. Yeah. Uh, what else is happening in the in business? I mean, it's like a year, almost almost a year, or just past it's the been, year. Yeah, so I started January twenty twenty. Yeah, didn't really do anything till June, and then in January twenty twenty one, I quit my job, uh, just under a year after I mm-hmm. started the business, and so we're going strong. Yeah, yeah, I am actually I am taking on new clients right now. I've had a full roster, mm-hmm. which is crazy to start a business and not have to. Within a year. For yeah. business right. for a year and a half. So um, I am taking on new clients. So if anybody needs copywriting, I'm here. So but so, so explain, like, when someone comes to you, to, like I said earlier, is it kind of like, hey, I just need this? Is there, like, a minimum time they commit to you for? Or is it like, a like, hey, we're going to hire you for six months or three months? And we'll, like, how does that work out? That's a good question. It depends on the client and what they need. Okay. Most of my work is project-based. Mm-hmm. So... If you want a website copy, that's one project. Yeah. And a lot of it depends on the client and when, you know, how fast they give me what I what mm. they need. Um, I don't have any retainers right now. I have ongoing projects, yeah. but... Retainers um, are the goal. Yeah. I, I actually had a retainer and it was fine. Um, but I've, I have not found, like, long-term mm-hmm. retainers. Most of mine, like I said, are project-based for now. Yeah. I might explore that again soon, but... Um, Seems like a church would be a good... Well, a church and non-profit would be great retainers, right? Cause yeah. Because they've always got to keep putting out conversation, you know, yeah, content. Yeah, and I, I had anticipated a lot of non-profits. Because they were downsizing last year, I thought, okay, well, you know, it mm-hmm. feels like non-profits, since they're laying off staff, they will outsource things because they're not paying overhead, right. they're not paying insurance. And it really didn't happen to the to the degree that I had thought. Um, but yeah, nonprofit communications is my background, so mm-hmm. that's churches and charities. But um, most of my work is for small businesses, entrepreneurs, things like that locally. And like I said, the most popular thing I'm doing right now is web copy. Yeah. People just are like, I'm sick of my website. <laughs> I mean, so, I have one just because I have one. I, I probably, you know, I don't, I don't know if anyone goes to it. I should probably check that out. I know. Uh, yeah. But I should update mine, but I'm too busy writing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's the problem of a small business, and you're taking care of yeah, everybody yeah. else. Uh, you have a podcast. I do have a podcast. Tell me about how much fun that is. 
It's 11 out of 10, Mike. Yeah. It, it's, it's. I tell everybody they should so start fun. one if they don't have one. And they're like, why? I'm like, you'll, you'll realize. You'll it's realize. so much fun. It is so much fun. I think, uh, so the podcast is also called Strategic Hype. Uh-huh. And it's all about getting your yay back in life and business. Um, so we cover a little bit of everything. And um, it is, it's a blast. We're on summer break right now. So we're recording for the fall. Uh-huh. But it's everything from like how to be a good friend, how to get your money in order, how to, you know, live authentically mm-hmm. and really just helping people in any area of life that they might be struggling. So that's kind of a passion of mine is just I'm really, really invested in helping other people succeed because I think I would like to say it's because I'm a great human, but I I'm a decent human, <laughs> but like so many people have helped me get to where I am right yeah. now that I, I just try really hard to pay it forward. So mm-hmm. um, my business, all of that, it, it wouldn't have happened. The podcast wouldn't be here if I wouldn't have moved to Oklahoma City and just had to start from nothing and build community. Yeah. And I think that's, this is not related to the podcast, but like the only reason I've been able to be successful in business is not because I hustled extra hard, but there mm-hmm. was like two years, three years, so from 2018 to 2020, I just got involved in Creative Mornings. I got really involved and volunteered in the nonprofit community mm-hmm. outside of the business I was in. I would go to every event that was free because I moved here, I didn't have any friends. Yeah. And I was like, okay, you're either going to be alone and bored or you just got to get out there and do it. My introvert right. self didn't want to, but... Yeah. Um, so Your introvert self wants to stay at home with a cat, right? Yeah, and just yeah. Like, you know. And and I was like, okay, it's like do or die. So I got really invested in Creative Mornings and some of those organizations, the Young Nonprofit Professionals mm-hmm. Network, um, Association of Fundraising Professionals, and um, built my community. But because of that, because I served other people with no agenda, mm-hmm. I was able to build a network that was authentic and because I wasn't looking You're not for asking for anything. Yeah. Right. And so mm-hmm. when it, it it wasn't there was no motive. I wasn't right. like in two years my master plan I'm about to start yeah, a business. Yeah. I had no idea. And you're so, older than my clients. Yeah. Yeah. But it's because of that network and because of volunteering I did, you know, for TEDx and just anything mm-hmm. I could find where I thought this is my skill set and I can add value, that's that's why I'm successful, you know. Yeah. And I think it's easy for people to be drawn to success. You know, people mm-hmm. maybe this happened to you, but you know, when I first got the website and the branding launched, people tell me all the time, your branding's so good, you're doing so good. And I'm yeah. like, well, right. I yeah. mean, I am, but like... My bank account doesn't say that right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. And it's like the investment, you didn't see the three years that I sunk into right. relationships and serving right. and like no agenda. So, yeah, I think that's a huge thing for me. And that's what I try to do through the podcast is just like give back mm-hmm. to other people and... and uh yeah, so it's it. The podcast itself is more. I was having really cool conversations mm-hmm. with individuals, but I was having the same conversation over and over. Yeah, and I was like, "There's a better way." <laughs> I need to figure this out. Yeah. yeah. So if I'm going to lead or mentor or advise or help other people, how can I spread a wider net? Right. And so the podcast for me was the answer, and it has evolved quite a bit. It used to be, and Graceville's, you know, before mm-hmm. my business. Um, that's a play on my name, yeah. Andrea Grace right. Fillmore. Yeah, yeah it's pretty clever. My mom loved it. <laughs> I think she's sad that <laughs> she made me sad that it's you know it's, RIP. But yeah, um, 
So it started out more with like a, a leadership mentorship bent mm-hmm. to it. And now it's a lot more about, you know, get your A back life and business. Kind of a broader scope in a different direction. But yeah. I love it. It's just it's, it's so fun. Yeah, it is. And it, the, you're right. The value that people get from it. And if someone asks you a question and you're like, look, I don't have the time to give you the answer, but here's a link to an hour podcast that, talk, that covers the yes. entire topic and you can take notes and listen to it on your free time. Yeah. That is what it's it. Who's your favorite guest besides me? Thank uh, <laughs> Not been, that you're judging. Maybe I no, should no, ask I get, that. No, I get this question a lot. Um, there's been a few. Uh, most of the ones are people who like kind of people I've never met before. Uh, but also people like I, I've had th- three ones that have been super impactful. Um, Hal Smith was one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, amazing businessman, yeah. still ticking, like just minds always going. Uh, that was kind of the first one that was like, whoa, like that. Wow. Like I, I kind of asked a, a question, um, you know, like just tell me about what you do. You're, you know, can I start the podcast? And he told his entire story for like wow. 30 minutes. I just sat there and listened. It was awesome. And someone from like an entrepreneur is like, that's one of the things that I love coming, coming out here and being from here is being, you know, here from the UK is that UK isn't really entrepreneurial. Mm-hmm. And me and Jeremy spoke about that too, because he obviously has both yeah. kind of experience on both sides of the pond. Um, and just listening to like how, how it started out. And, and so that was really cool. Um, the other one is with, um, Dr. George Henderson from OU, mm. and that with me and Shannon Rich did that one together. I love Shannon. Yeah, Hi, that, Shannon. That if you're was, listening. <laughs> hopefully she is. Uh, <laughs> that was that was really cool because that we, we put that into like two parts because it was so wow. so good and it was so it was like an hour and forty minutes. Um, and Dr. Henderson just poured his heart out, talked exactly about his upbringing in the first half, and then the second half was all about him coming to OU. Um, when it was a sundown town, real estate agents wouldn't like wow. help him or his wife find a house. We did the podcast in the house that he bought when he wow. came here, which is for me being in real estate was like this is so cool. Yeah, um, and talked talked about the whole like going through that experience from kind of sixties to now and his books uh, and and you know the the impact that he's had. And then we talked a lot about the current events that were going on. And this was you know um, before COVID last year, I believe. So it was kind of February time. Um, talked about you know everything that was going on in the world with racial issues and just just all that stuff that's going on with the police and that was kind of like i mean i cried during it wow. like i don't know shannon might have shed a tear i definitely shed a tear because it was in the second half of the podcast i was editing it and i was crying when i was editing it as well <laughs> um and then the other one is a guy that i had um i'm gonna remember his name i can't what's his name uh, it was one of the early ones. He, I, I was like late in the summer afternoon. I didn't really want to go. Like I was kind of tired all day. It was like a seven thirty podcast, driving down somewhere off I forty, and it was about signs. Like this guy like remakes and builds signs for like Seven Eleven and all oh, this wow. stuff, right? Like not really exciting stuff to talk about. <laughs> like building a Seven Eleven sign after a wind's blowing down. But I go in his office, and his office is like his, his desk is like made out of you know all wood, and it's got these cool little features to it. I'm like that's kind of funny. And there's horse pictures everywhere in his office, and I'm you know we get through talking about signs in like five minutes, right? <laughs> and I'm like, mm, like we got you know at least thirty minutes. I got to get something out of this podcast. <laughs> like so, what's all the horse stuff for? Tell me about what you do. And he has this whole other side that you know like of his life basically that he. Um, helps kids with autism, anxiety, like just Whoa. issues with through horse therapy. 
And like, just like, I mean, he's like, I grew up on a ranch, like, it's nothing to do with signs, but like, I love horses from day one. And, and, um, he has a barn and, and horses and stuff. And basically, he's a really good horse trainer as well. Uh, and, insurance doesn't cover horse therapy it covers like dog therapy dogs can go into hospitals right mm-hmm. you can't just walk in with a horse so basically people come out uh, with their kids and, and kids who are, like had bad experiences or like I said have autism and, and he told this story about this little girl who she was under 24 hour care the nurses were working around the clock with her you know to just help her live you know she's a little girl to help her just go through life basically and she sat there she wouldn't like unclasp her hands she was like super reserved wow. and suit like she and he walks up with a horse and she's like does this like opens up her arms wow. to reach out and the nurses are like in tears crying Ooh, their eyes chills. out <laughs> yeah like and this um carl martin is his name um and it's okc sign service i think is the wow. business um but he doesn't have like anything to do with like none of his social media or anything is to do with the horse stuff it's all kind of like word of mm-hmm. mouth through the hospitals and he just showed me videos after we were done of like that experience wow. and like all the little kids like you know these kids who are, like the amount of growing up with a disability or, or just like shy kids that grew up i mean just bad experiences and he walks over with a horse i like, can just like got some giggling around and running around and the parents are like in tears because they they've never seen oh their kid like gosh. that so that one was like because of the like, i was going down there and i was a bit tired and like kind of wanted to reschedule and just you know I was like, I ended up staying for over an hour wow. and just chatting him about it. Oh, I, even after we started re- stopped recording, like, I'm sure he's still doing it. And wow. he, like, and that was just like, like, he just the last thing I expected was to do, you know, to hear about him changing like little kids' lives through horse therapy when we're going to a, like a warehouse off I forty to talk yeah, about that's science. Crazy. So that was um, one of them. Um, there's like I said, there's there's a few. Um, but the good thing about and, and you get this too with the podcast is like. There's there's podcasts that you you know it, after you've done so many it kind of becomes a routine right like you know you can yeah. do it without notes you can come in you hang out you kind of ask roughly the same amount of questions and just see where the conversation goes but it it's cool to you but the ones that you don't realize is you only you only realize you made an impact when someone messages you and says I yeah. love that podcast you did oh, with this person yes. and you've never met that person before and they're just a friend of the of the guest that you've had. And they tell you that they didn't know things about them, and they, they've been their friend for 20, 30 years, but they tell you on a podcast, but they don't tell their friends. That's so, so that's wild. really cool, right? It's to yeah. kind of hear those stories about people that, like, you know, yeah. they, their upbringing or things, especially with entrepreneurs as well, is because they, they tell the stories that, like, no one knows. Yeah. Because it's just chatting to me and you. It's rather than they don't think about the audience. Yeah. Um, Hal Smith told a story about sneaking into to see Elvis when Elvis played in oh my God. yeah and he, he worked for Coca-Cola at the time like servicing machines and he came home in his uniform that just says Coca-Cola on it and saw on the TV or the radio that Elvis was playing at the state fair grabs his jacket goes up and he said I knocked on the back door and was like yeah I'm here to service the coke machine oh my God. and just walked straight in grabbed the chair and just what sat and watched OG. Elvis oh my yeah, gosh and like, I had people like I, we'd never employees of his never heard that story that's awesome so yeah little things like that were, have been really cool I'm, I'm sure you've come across it as well with, with stuff that yeah. you know and, and one of the great things too and why I tell people that to, to start a podcast is it forces you to be engaged and have a real, a, a genuine conversation with someone, right? Yeah. And it's made my conversations with my family, my wife, my friends so much better because I am more engaged and I've technically practiced more having right. better conversations with guests and, and whoever. So yeah. I feel comfortable talking to anybody now. It's amazing. And I, and I was not, I was kind of, I'm 
tend to be you're a real Oklahoma now <laughs> well yeah but also like you you said earlier you're a real introvert and yeah. I kind of am as well like I always kind of grew up people don't think that when they see me and I play golf when I have an accent but yeah, yeah. deep down I'm like I think we're all a little introverted aren't we so yeah it's yeah and I've uh, done like 350 episodes everybody asks me they're like should I start a podcast I'm like Yes, but it's... But be consistent. Yeah. Oh, yeah. man. That's, that's the, the hardest thing. Consistency is the goal, t- isn't it? You know, I tell people, I'm like, the podcast doesn't make money. It doesn't mm-hmm. hasn't brought me clients. It hasn't... It's a lot of work. Yeah. You know, and actually this year I hired somebody to do the production because mm-hmm. I was so tired. But yeah. um, it is so rewarding. Nothing makes my heart excited than when somebody shares an episode on their Instagram. Right. It's like, oh, my gosh, this episode's blowing my mind. And I'm like... That's the greatest compliment of all time, you know. Like, um, so if you're listening, Mm -hmm. text all your podcasts, (laughs) tell them that they're doing good if you're enjoying it. Yeah, and and the good thing I think, like your yours is kind of the same too, right? You can have it's centered around one thing, but you can have so many people around that that tie in. Yeah, you know, like with me, like it's about anything. I mean, I'm a Welsh guy that hosts a podcast about Oklahoma. <laughs> if you've driven through this state or even looked at this state ever once or flew over it, you'd probably be on the podcast. Yeah, you know. So it's just finding those the stories that that are unique. And um, this weekend, I'm going up to interview uh, the guy who owns the Mayo Hotel. And I heard oh a story. Gosh, that's I heard, wild. yeah, and I heard a story. Uh, the guy who referred me, his name's Corey, and Corey said that ask him about like his family buying the mayo for a dollar. So I just got you just but you get these little things right. Yeah, these are like yeah. there's a story behind it that most people don't know right. And like people see the hotel, it's beautiful, it's in the middle of Tulsa, all it's this gorgeous. cool stuff right. But they have no it's famous. Idea. Yeah. So now now there's little, little I've never heard the one dollar story though. Yeah. So I'm excited up. to know that. And and the podcast for me, it always happens like guests that I've never met before it happens through referral. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like we mentioned Shannon a few times on the podcast. I had lunch with Shannon recently. She's like, who do you want on the podcast? I'm like, I don't Shannon's know. I guess, the lady I guess BC Clark would be great. Let's, you know, like, <laughs> wouldn't it be awesome Only to hear that? Only if they let you use the Christmas jingle. That's exactly what my wife said. I said, how awesome would it be to have the Christmas jingle, you know, intro the podcast? She's oh, like, oh, yeah, yeah, we'll figure that out. So Amazing. we've got that coming up soon as Shannon, well. Shannon, I'm so. going to call you. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and also, one of the tricks I do is I mine other people's guests. Like oh, you, for Like, sure. you scroll people's guests. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, Oh, I need to have this person on oh, this because yeah. you know that they're down to do a podcast. I check Hetty's podcast a yes, lot uh-huh. and yours, and yeah, I'm like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. so good. Uh, so, for everyone listening, where can they go to find you? Social media, website, all that stuff, and then hire you for great service. Um, you can find my website. It's strategic-hype.com. Mm-hmm. You can follow me on Instagram at strategic-hype. You can email me Andrea at strategic-hype.com. Yeah. I'm on Facebook. I'm all the places. LinkedIn. If you're not on LinkedIn, email me and we'll get you on LinkedIn. Yeah. And put it to work. Yeah, for sure. Uh, One last thing. Did you get that tattoo when you started the business? Or was that before? You know, good question. Um, I got this. Andre has a tattoo of a lightning bolt. I don't know if you can see it on the camera. It actually, I wanted a tattoo. I turned 40 this year. And so I did big vacation you know, party all of June. And I was like, I'm going to get a tattoo this year. And I wanted the lightning bolt and I was going to get something really small. (laughs) (laughs) It's like two inches, (laughs) but I went to the place and I was like, I just want a lightning bolt, whatever. And 
he actually looked at my website and pulled it from uh, my logo. Yes. I didn't Love want the it. whole logo, but, um, but yeah. my logo is like a... A TV it's box, like a, right, with the lightning it's bolt? It's like a like... conversation bubble okay. with a lightning bolt straight yeah. through the middle. So good. And uh, so... I, yeah. He pulled it straight from the website, and I got the tattoo, and I was like, I love this. It's and then, like the same size as it is on the website, yeah, too. Yeah, <laughs> it, is, it is. And what's funny is, like, I went on vacation to uh, – I got on my right hand because mm-hmm. I'm right-handed, and I was like, I want to see it when I write. Be inspired, you know? Yeah. And it, I, I got the tattoo, and then I went on vacation to Universal Studios because I wanted to go to Harry Potter. It's like a mm-hmm. bucket list item. Yeah. And I was, like, kind of self-conscious. I was like, people are going to think this is a Harry Potter tattoo. <laughs> I was like, I don't know if I want to show it off. <laughs> but yeah. I was like, well, here we are. I mean, we're, we're the going best place in. to be a super fan is exactly. at Hogsmeade. <laughs> right. Yeah, definitely. That's so yeah, good. It was, it was fun. Yeah. My wife has a similar experience with wanting a little tattoo and it being a lot bigger than it is. I think all of uh, my tattoos have been that way, yeah. but they're, again, <laughs> addictive. I prom- uh, People are going to think that I'm addicted to everything I do, but. Yeah. You've got to be, though. You're going to be passionate about what you do. I'm I mean, all in. That's yeah. me. Awesome. All in. Well, thanks for coming down, sharing some stories. Uh, excited to to see you grow as a business, and, and you know, just after just over a year of doing business, and it's uh, it's cool that you haven't gone back to doing your nine to five, and you don't. You have this like, I'm doing this. I'm going I have all no in. Desire. I have clients <laughs> now. You you get a taste of that freedom, never going back to working yeah. full time job. So appreciate you coming down. For everyone listening, I'll post the link to the website and all the social media stuff. And yeah, we will catch you next episode thanks thanks mike always be on the know and on the go with rcb bank's free text banking tool with text banking you can be alerted via text on every transaction 24 hours per day text banking with rcb bank allows you to check your balances and transfer money anytime anywhere text banking is quick easy safe and customizable standard carrier fees for data and text and other transfer restrictions may apply funds may not settle immediately rcb bank that's my bank member fdic This podcast is presented by the Oklahoma Hall of Fame, telling Oklahoma's story through its people since 1927. For more information on the Hall of Fame, go to www.oklahomahof.com and follow them on Instagram for daily updates at Oklahoma HOF. Thank you for listening. We are inspired by those around us and hope that you are too. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast platform and leave us a review so we can keep telling your stories. For more great Oklahoma content, follow This Is Oklahoma on Facebook and Instagram.